This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Hey everyone, it's Major Garrett and welcome to our new podcast. Did you know we have a new feed completely separate from the takeout as well? Please just search Debriefing the Briefing. Click subscribe and then if you can, and we'd really love this, drop us a rating and or a review. Pretty soon, you'll have to be subscribed to the new feed if you want to hear new episodes of debriefing the briefing. Thank you. And now let's start the show. Hey everyone, it's Major Garrett and welcome to our new podcast. We want to make sure that you are subscribed to our new show on your podcast platform of choice. How do you do that? Well, just search debriefing the briefing, click subscribe. And then if you can, and we'd really love this, drop us a rating and or a review. Thank you. And now let's start the show. COVID-19. You know what that is, right? Become a very famous term. COVID. COVID. We are leaving no stone unturned to find the supplies we need. When you have governors saying that the federal government hasn't given them what they need, I would just urge you to ask them, well, have you looked within your state to make sure that you haven't been able to find the resources? This is a time of crisis, and you're seeing uh, certain people are better managers than others. Don't get a false sense of security that that mask is protecting you exclusively from getting infected because there are other ways that you can get infected. From CBS Audio, this is Debriefing the Briefing. Here's CBS News Chief Washington Correspondent Major Garrett. Hello from Washington and welcome to Debriefing the Briefing, where we will take you through the highlights from the daily White House Coronavirus Task Force briefing. We'll dig into some of the key statements made by President Trump and his advisors. We'll do that with the help of CBS News colleagues and at times outside experts. You just heard sound bites from the April 2nd briefing. It ran two hours and 15 minutes. Let's go to some of the key takeaways. There was a conversation led by the Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin about Small Business Administration loans will be available starting tomorrow. Those direct payments as part of the stimulus bill recently passed by Congress will begin within two weeks. All recipients, the Treasury Secretary promised, will receive them in weeks, not months. A substantial conversation about continuing logistics bottlenecks around the country, how states need to prioritize their needs and understand their inventories better, according to the White House. The private sector should stop bidding against states and that there will be a presidential order very soon to block the exports of medically necessary medically necessary materials outside of the United States, meaning they are existing here and they're being sent out. And also, there was an impassioned statement from Deborah Burks, one of the president's top health advisors, about the need for the country to more directly implement social distancing guidelines. That's our first soundbite. I want to play that now and then bring in our special guest. I guess what I expected when the president put out guidelines that said, don't go to bars, don't be in groups more than 10 people. When we said that now over... 16 days ago, that was serious. And then you could see what happened subsequently. 
And you can see the number of individuals who have been infected since then. Because the people we're seeing infected today and in hospitals today were infected after the guidelines went out. Our guest is Dr. Ali Mokdad, who is the Chief Strategy Officer, Population Health Center at the University of Washington. He is part of the team that has put together the modeling on mortality, sickness, intensive care necessities related to COVID-19. He also was at the Center for Disease Control and Prevention for more than 20 years. Dr. Mokdad, thank you for being with us. My pleasure. What was Dr. Burks driving at by saying when the guidelines came out, it was serious, but it appears that people didn't take it seriously enough and people are being infected and we're seeing them now even after the guidelines went out. What is she driving at? What is she trying to get us to understand? That these uh, social distancing measures are very effective in reducing the number of infection and hence the number of mortality in the U.S. And she wants all of us to stay at home. It's very important to remind everybody that they do work when they are implemented and adhering to them is crucial. And based on the modeling that you have been a part of the team that has produced, the modeling that was announced by the White House earlier this week shocked many people. Did it shock you and should it still shock us? And is it possible to get beneath that threshold presented to the country, 100,000 to up to 240,000 deaths? Is it possible to get underneath that? Yes, it's very possible and very optimistic if we all stay at home and adhere to these social distancing measures, yes, we will see less mortality. And most important, we will see less demand on our health facilities and provide the best care for the people who need it. And yet, doctor, if I understand this correctly, and, and, and I may not, but this is what I thought I heard at that briefing where these modeling numbers were presented. Dr. Burks and Dr. Anthony Fauci said, with mitigation, these could still be the numbers. Can you help me understand that and our audience understand that? With, metic, uh, with us adhering to social distancing, these numbers could come down. We're projecting right now about 100,000 deaths in the United States between now and August. Uh, if we are to stay at home, these numbers could come down because there is a range of for these numbers. Like you see in a range when you see uh, a forecasting, it goes up, for example, and there is a lower bound for it. And in our case, we see we could come down to about 40,000 deaths if we stay at home. So your message, if I understand you, doctor, is if you're wondering as an American, does this have to happen? No, you just said. And what can I do about it? Stay at home. Stay at home. All of us, we need to stay at home to get out of it faster. We need to stay at home to better provide resources for those who need it. Staying at home will save our lives, our lives personally, our loved ones, and our community. Doctor, I'd also like to play you a soundbite from Dr. Deborah Burks today about this question that has become possibly more prominent than it deserves to be. Will there be a federal guideline on either the wearing of scarves or masks. Let's play Dr. Burks, and I want to get your reaction on the other side of that, please. We don't want, when we're trying to send a signal that every single person in this country needs to stay six feet away from everybody, that needs to be washing their hands constantly and know where their hands are, to send a, a signal that we think a mask is equivalent to those pieces. So, Dr. Ali Mokdad, I want to ask you, it sounded as if Dr. Burks was saying, you know, we're just trying to get you to do the social distancing, and we're afraid that if we tell you about a mask, you're going to say, oh, if I've got a mask, 
That's all I need. And we don't want that to happen, do we? No, we don't want this to happen. You know, right now we haven't recommended for people to wear masks because we wanted to make sure that the masks that are available are used by the people who need them the most in hospitals and in clinics. So that was a sound recommendation. We don't want a false sense of security for people to put a mask and feel they can get out. We need to keep hammering our message by staying at home, staying away from each other, and until we have a clear message of we can relax our measures, we shouldn't. And the president said you could wear a scarf. A scarf is thicker. Sometimes it's better. Is that uh, a proper way to think about this? Well, when the president said that you should wear a scarf, or, and other people have done it in other countries, is to make sure that people who need a mask have it. If we tell people right now, go ahead and buy masks, Everyone will try to, you know, order them and buy them. So we will have a shortage. So I, in my opinion, it's better for all of us to stay at home. It's better for all of us if we feel we have to go out and we need to protect ourselves. Putting a scarf on you is not bad, but you need to keep your distance and you need to stay away from people at least six feet. And in that regard, doctor, uh, as a professional in this regard and someone who's trying to have a consistent and perceptible message, meaning one that people can take in and bring on board and change their behavior. Can we still go out for walks? I went out for a run today. Is that okay? No, it's very, it's okay. Please, you know, if you want to go and take a walk, by all means, do it by yourself and stay away from people who are walking and on the same trail. Uh, Walk your dog if you want to, go running if you want to, that's okay. But unless you really have to get out of your house, don't get out of your house. And if you do get out of your house for exercise or for any other reasons, please, please keep a distance away from others. And uh, at the podium several times in recent briefings, as I gather you might have noticed, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci has said, you know, I, I, I love my modeling colleagues, but they know and I know that models are only as good as the assumptions built into them. Because this is a novel coronavirus, the novel being a key word, it's new, I assume, and I'd like your expertise on this, doctor, that because it's different and we haven't seen it before, that's what makes it different, the assumptions change as the data comes in in greater quantities. True? Very true. That's why we're updating our models on a daily basis, because we're getting more data and better, you know, more data, we have better models. But, you know, the point here, the most, I mean, I know Tony and I respect what he's saying. But what's very important from all what we are seeing, all the models that are out there are telling us exactly the same story, that social distancing will work, that this virus is deadly, that we all have to do our own homework and we all have to do our part. So we can disagree about the number, but the message is clear. In our history in public health, we never have agreed that there is something as serious as this one. And we have never agreed that in all of us that this one Staying at home will work. Social distancing will work, irrespective of the number. The message should be the same. Right. And the thing that is special about this, that's so different about it, is that it is not only more contagious, it is more sheddable. I'm learning that word. And it's, uh, for certain people, very, very deadly, very, very quickly. Exactly. So what we are learning about this virus is very contagious. 
we are learning now that some people may have the disease and they don't have the symptoms so they could be spreading the virus although they don't have symptoms we know that people who had the disease and tested negative so they don't have it anymore they still shed the virus so it's very important for all of us to be extra careful we don't have a vaccine for it we don't have a medication for it and we are all susceptible. So staying at home is our only measure right now until we find a vaccine and a medication. And we are learning about this disease that people who get it and they need a ventilator, they're requiring more time on the ventilator, which is very important for us to know. My mom had an open heart surgery, stayed two days in an intensive care unit, and she is an old lady, had other conditions. We have now people who are staying for three weeks on these ventilators. This is a deadly virus. Dr. Ali Mokda, that's all the time we have. Thank you very much for your time with the University of Washington, Chief Strategy Officer, Population Health Center there at the University of Washington. Thank you very much for your time. That's all for this episode of CBS Audio's Debriefing the Briefing. Don't forget to subscribe to my other podcast. That's The Takeout, which might be how you found this podcast. Until next time, I'm Major Garrett in Washington. If you like the takeout, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sant from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.